0: I want you to please turn with me this morning, I want to get into the word of the Lord and I'm going to turn to the book of Jonah and I've got some uh, work ahead of me this morning Austin's message was wonderful and if he'd have read one more of my scriptures I was going to have him turn his uh, mic off, (laughs) amen, 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 Jonah first chapter please. We're going to read a few verses of scripture. And I understand this morning, the only thing standing between me and your holiday weekend, between you and your holiday weekend is me. So the more that you say amen, quicker that the Lord may just be done. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish. From the presence of the Lord went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord was but Jonah, but now it's but the Lord. Set out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. And The mariners were afraid, and cried man unto his God, and cast forth their wares at their ship into the sea, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down to the sides of the ship, and he lay in fast asleep. Moving, verse 12, and he said unto them, take me up, and cast me forth into the sea, so Shall the sea be calm unto you, for I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you? Nevertheless, the men rode hard to to bring it to land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought and was tempestuous against them. Therefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's sake, and lay not upon us innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, Sea ceased from her raging. The men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And now the Lord had prepared a great fish. We always say whale, but it says fish. to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish. I'm gonna to talk to you for a few moments. The word that I, I feel that the Lord has laid upon my heart. Very strong. But when God calls the reluctant when God calls the reluctant. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your presence today. Thank you, Lord, for the feeling spirit of the Lord that we have in this house. Thank you for filling this young lady this morning with your presence and your spirit. We thank you, Lord God, for the people that are here today. Help us today. God, if I could just be a little selfish, I need a little extra anointing today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you believe God's going to do great things, could I ask one more time that you give God some praise? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Most of us, most of us have probably at one time or another heard of Jonah and the whale. We understand about him being in the belly of the great fish. We understand him running. But there's a few things that I guess until I actually got into the story that I never really realized how personable in this moment that we are living in today that this story really is to each and every one of us. For I find in this story a few things about our main character, Jonah. Number one, if you look at this, you'll notice that nowhere in the account does it ever say that Jonah was not gifted or neither was he anointed. In fact, the account indicated to us that Jonah was in fact called, he was commissioned by God with a message that really, in all essence, It's the same message that's being brought to us today, which is a life and death message. You either live for God, serve God, give yourself to God, or else. I'll let you fill in the blank with the or else. So so Jonah did not just sit on the sidelines. He did not warm a bench. He did not, you know, keep himself out of the... The action simply because he wasn't able to. He didn't have uh, the the skills. He was shy. It wasn't anything of that nature. It, It wasn't due from a lack of ability or a lack of calling. He simply just was reluctant. His issue is the same issue that most of us who have never ever got into ministry. Uh, or got into witnessing, we, we sit on the sidelines or we sit in the pew every week. We, we go through the same thing. We are non-participants because we're reluctant. We are reluctant to respond because we underestimate our own gift, our own calling. We are reluctant because we know our own story and our own heart too well. We know our own shortcomings, our own faults, our own sins more than anybody else, and we disqualify ourselves without ever consulting God on the issue, and we sit on the sideline. We don't get into ministry. We don't get into Bible study. We don't get into witnessing to anybody simply because we are too reluctant with knowing what we know about ourselves. And we miss the greatest thing that God could ever do in your life and that is changing somebody and snatching them from the grips of hell. Come on, somebody. We listen way too much to other people's opinion about us and therefore we allow their voice to become louder than God's voice in our life. I'm going to tell you something this morning. I know I'm I'm a pastor so I'm going to go ahead and say it. But some of y'all listen to way too many people's voices in your life instead of going to your pastor and getting his opinion. Some of y'all have missed out in ministries in your life and you've missed out in winning people and you've missed out in getting the blessing simply because you didn't have enough courage in yourself. So you went to somebody who was as weak as you and said what do you think about this? Well they're non-participants too. They're too reluctant to do anything for God. What do you think they're going to say? If you've got a calling in your life, put it to work. Don't Be somebody who's too reluctant because of what might have failed in the past to get into the game today and get into ministry. I know you might have failed yesterday, but God's grace is sufficient today to help you out tomorrow, to do something in this fight that we're in to save somebody's soul. Don't be too reluctant to praise God. Don't be too reluctant to worship God. Don't be too reluctant to get in there and give everything that you've got to the kingdom I don't have what it takes that's a foolish statement now if you're a baseball player and you can't hit the ball you don't have what it takes if you're a football player and you can't throw catch or run with the ball Yeah, I could say not to play those kind of games. Well, we're not playing that. Everybody has a part in what we're doing. The only excuse that we have for not winning souls is our excuses. You have the ability within you to praise God, to worship God, to spread this gospel to somebody. Don't be reluctant because you feel like you don't have what it takes. You have what it takes to win the lost. I am want to shut up your excuses here just a second. I don't advocate drinking alcohol. I don't advocate going to bars. But I've heard way too many stories of people being saved on bar-, bar stools because some drunk next to them that used to be in church, used to live for God, used to be called, used to do all this stuff, began to spew to them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know a man right now who pastors him and his brother pastor churches in Ohio that if it had not been for a drunk telling them about the gospel of Jesus Christ, going out, walking, stumbling out to a bar to get them a tape to give to those men, they wouldn't be here today winning souls and saving. So if God can use a rank sinner, then God can use you as well to do something in the kingdom. The only thing standing between you and the work of God is your reluctancy to get up from where you're at and go and do the bidding of God. God is calling today more than ever before for His church to stand up and make a difference in this world. We can say... That we're trapped by the schedule of our own making until we no longer have the time or the energy to fulfill the call of God in our lives. When the opportunity comes to serve, you serve. I don't care if you're witnessing to your waitress. I don't care if it's your mechanic. I don't care if it's the person sitting next to you. If it's the delivery pizza guy, I don't care who it is. You tell them about the goodness of God. You show them the goodness of God. Don't you be quiet about what God, they're going to think I'm foolish. You might just save their soul. If I've got to look like a fool to do it, then that's what I must do. Because I know how it is to be lost. I know how it is to be undone. And thank God that one day somebody told me about the goodness of Jesus. And I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been for somebody not being reluctant. Tell me about the goodness of Jesus. God is good. So we can't become trapped by those things. We can't become hesitant. We have to respond. We're here today. Listen, you already got up, combed your hair, put on socks and shoes, put on your clothes. Most of us brushed our teeth. So what excuse do we have that we're here to not give everything that we have to God? Why are we so hesitant to not get up and worship him why are we so hesitant to not sing the songs with everything that we have within us why are so we so reluctant to get with the preacher why are we so reluctant to not pray fervent prayers why are we so reluctant not to give lavish gifts unto God of our worship why are we so reluctant come on you've got more excuses that you know what to do with but you've got nothing you're here you're here let's give everything that we have to Preacher, why should we do that? Because the reasons for reluctancy are numerous. The implications of reluctance are dangerous. Reluctance will destroy you personally. You will sit long enough that you will become so complacent and so apathetic that you'll no longer feel the nudge of God's spirit. You'll become deafened to the voice of God. And when that happens, you become murmurous. You start to murmur about things. Because when you're not feeling God and you're not hearing God, you become dead. And when you become dead, there's something about spiritual dead folks that like to talk. Folks that are doing the work of God. Folks that are worshiping. Folks that are giving. Folks that are living their life for God, they don't have time to talk about anything but the goodness of God. I want to tell you what will happen when you become reluctant. You'll, you'll get to the place where you just become dead in yourself and then dead folks become bitter folks. Bitter folks, it's hard to get a root of bitterness out. We have some ground cover in our house. My wife loves it. I hate it. So guess what? We still have some of that stuff at the house. But under our deck, when we were trying to build a deck years ago, I wanted to kill it off. I put straight bleach on it, didn't kill it. I put shingles on it in the heat of summer, lifted the shingles off, thought, I got it now. Stupid vile weed was still there. Weed killer, straight on, no water, straight, nothing couldn't kill it, pull it, I'd pull that stuff you could pull it for 10 minutes and still couldn't get to the end of that stuff, it's crazy bitterness is no different when bitterness gets within you because you've been too reluctant and just sat by the sideline, listen you become envious of folks when you become reluctant, why is God doing something with them and not doing something with me I've got to be better than they are. Look at me. Here I am. I've been a God for this. Why am I not being blessed like that? You become bitter when you begin to covet things that you don't. You begin bitter. I better watch myself. It is hard to pull that weed of bitterness out of your heart once it gets in there. Why are you preaching to us like this today? Because we don't have enough time left in this world to sit back and get complacent in this walk that we're in right now I need some folks to stop being reluctant and get into this game and say I will be used of God, I will be a soul winner, I will be a worshiper, I will be a praiser, I don't care what happened yesterday, what somebody else did what somebody said, it's now my time to get in." Come on, God's calling you out. (laughs) So even though nobody else knew about Jonah and his reluctancy to do what God told him to do, God noticed. Let me give you a piece of advice. You're better off that the pastor preached to you on a Sunday morning like this than for God to. I might make you feel a little uneasy this morning. God starts preaching to you. You're going to find yourself in the belly of a fish. Step on my toes a little bit more, will you please? God noticed. And even though nobody else perceived Jonah's reluctance, God knew it. The sailors had no idea. The captain had no idea. But God knew. The Lord will call you up. And if we are reluctant, he'll call you out. Oh, somebody just got nervous but it'll happen get reluctant and watch God you know we, we nudge somebody sometimes and say you know you really should try to get involved and you really should do something God's not that, that kind well, I know God's a gentleman and all that stuff but he's got a way of kicking us when nobody sees you ever get you know have one of those church mamas when you was a kid She can smile and sing the song Amazing Grace and reach over and pinch you in that soft part of your underarm when you was acting up and go through it and nobody would know the better. Some of us are still bruised. When we're reluctant to get into the kingdom work of God, he can get a hold of us in a way like nobody else can. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night and you don't even know why you're awake but you just can't stop crying and you're just fearful and you don't know what's going on because God's speaking to you. Heaven forbid that something would happen in your life that God would scare you enough to get you straightened up to say, hey, I gotta work for you. Come on. There's a reason why God would do this. He needs you. But I'm imperfect, God. I've got issues within me. I've got things going on. You don't need a perfect person to just say, hey, God is good. Look at me. If God could call me out, then God could call you. Give me Bible for that preacher. He met a woman at the well. As far as I know, she had not moved out of the house that she was living in with some other fella. But yet she went back to the town and began to testify about the goodness of Jesus and a revival broke out. You can say, but I'm not perfect. You don't have to be perfect to tell somebody about Jesus. Now I'm messing with some of you this morning. Well, you got to give me time to fast and pray. I, I got to get my house in order. We don't have time for that right now. We need somebody to testify. We'll repent and do all that later. But right now, there's a world going to hell. And God's calling us right now to reach out and get into this game. God needs you. You better get ready. I done preached preach the message this morning. You better get ready for some sleepless nights. I'm calling you out this morning. You better get ready for some restlessness. You better get ready for your soul to be stirred up because I'm preaching the message this morning. Some of y'all are going to become sensitive to hearing the voice of God calling out to you. It's time to put away the foolishness of this carnal world and get back to the kingdom mindedness that there's people all around you that are dying and going to hell and they need somebody to show them the love. (laughs) <laughs> Man, I came today just to visit I didn't know this was all going to go down the implication for Jonah is that his plans get swallowed you, you thought God's plans for you were rough try being thrown overboard in the middle of a storm he tried to escape but instead he's trapped by a fish You cannot escape God's call. Sooner or later, He will get your attention. The call of God is without repentance. You you can run, but you can't hide. (laughs) David accurately assesses the ability of God to track us down when in Psalms 139 he asks, Where can I flee from your presence? He answers, he said, what we must know, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If if I make my beds in the depths, you are there. You can be reluctant all you want, but rest assured God is relentless and your reluctance can get you into some situations that you don't want to be in. Your best today is to answer the call and say, God, just use me. Let me speak to the head of some homes in this house today. If you don't get into the call of Christ, you better hear me today. (laughs) If you don't give in to the call of Christ, it will destroy your home. If you don't surrender yourself to Christ, you'll, you'll end up paying with your children and grandchildren's lives. You mean God will come in and just kill all my kids? No, 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 worse than that. He'll make them cold-hearted to the calling of God. Well, it got quiet. Just one generation could throw everything off kilter where your children had a plan in their life to do great things for God simply because you did not listen to the voice of God and the call where God told you to go, it could completely throw everything off kilter. And what ends up happening is your family pays the price because of your reluctance. I think it's crucial to remember that there were some severe implications of Jonah's reluctance to serve for some other people In this story, his reluctance to to work for God and his mindset of running from God had implications that did not just include himself. The guy responsible, the guy called, the guy anointed, the guy given everything that he needed to save an entire city prefers reluctance over being used of God. There are people in this place today on these pews that God could use to save an entire city. Well, I've never heard of that. Well, your bubble's very small. Ask me after church, I'll tell you about a young preacher in Kansas in a hillbunk little town that was connected to somebody in Africa and flew over knowing nothing but a few just Zoom calls with them and it has tore that little area in Africa up and churches that were once denominational are now becoming apostolic Pentecostal and those folks are preaching it. I'm not talking about a few hundred I'm talking about villages and cities being saved because one man Well, I ain't seen it in America. Open up your ears. Maybe God is calling you to do such. Oh, I'm fighting it now. Now I'm really starting to mess with you. I've been living this, Pastor, for, for 50 years, and I ain't never heard. What makes you think that God can't do it now? Why is it that we can believe God to heal somebody of cancer in North Carolina, but we can't believe that God could call somebody from Sturt County to win cities around here? You're reluctant to even try. Keep the miraculous dead. Somebody needs to stand up and say, let it be me, God, that you use. I'm not a preacher. It doesn't make a difference. If God calls you and anoints you, He's given you everything that you need. Stand with me today. Would you be so kind? Stand with me. I have a question for you. I have a question for you reluctant folks today. I've been asked to stand, and if you're not familiar with how we do our services around here, we're we're about ready to have a time of, of prayer. And we've hollowed out the front of the building up here. We call it our altar. It's it's a non combative area, non pressure area. It's a very personal place. You and God to come and pray. Things happen, miracles happen, supernatural experiences of God take place, biblical things. Some folks have already got real reluctant, right, real quick. not making a move down there. I got chicken on the brain. But I have a question for you reluctant folks today. If Jonah had been reluctant and had been ignored and accepted, how many souls would have been lost? You got to fast forward to chapter 4. It's the very last verse of the entire story and you discover that Jonah's reluctance put over 120,000 lives and souls at risk. Stop for just a moment and begin to fathom 120,000 men, women, boys and girls that their lives were at risk because of one man's reluctance. I believe in this house today that there's revivals in this place, mighty revivals that are in this house today if somebody would just stop being so reluctant to give in to the call of God. What can I do? Don't be foolish. Don't make excuses. What can I do? Open this up and just begin to study it with somebody. Make a friend to somebody. Be kind to somebody. Show them the goodness of Jesus that little girl that received the Holy Ghost today that's out of a home Bible study <gasps> yeah simply just by sitting down and opening the word and showing somebody the goodness of God it could change a life forever most people don't come to church because nobody ever invites them to come I don't want to go and be alone. I don't want to go sit by myself. Why don't you ask somebody to sit with you? Why don't you be kind to somebody? Invite somebody. Don't be reluctant because there might be 120,000. There might be one soul. I don't want to get to heaven and hear God say, you know, you did a pretty good job. But there was that one soul. An entire city would have been wiped off the face of the planet. Destroyed. Reluctance can destroy those around you. Complacency can destroy those around you. Conformity to the carnal world and its love can destroy those around you as well as you. Something you need to understand that when God called you into his marvelous light there was a job and a responsibility given to you. That was to share this gospel with the whole world. I want to ask you a very serious point question today. How many souls are at risk if you hesitate? Pastor, don't ask me a question like that on Labor Day weekend. I am. I hope it ruins your baked beans tomorrow. How many souls are at risk if you hesitate? How many family members have been lost over your conformity and complacency in this world? How many of them would have got involved and stayed involved if you had not murmured and been reluctant to give your life 100% to God? How many people right now are at a risk to their very soul Every man in this house that has babies ought to right now feel something in the pit of their stomach. How many in my house right now? If it not been for me putting God first in everything, well, they're going to make their decisions. They're going to make their yeah, they are. I'm going to tell you today, testimony after testimony, that when I put God first in my baby's lives very, very few percentage that they don't ever come back to God if I'm not reluctant to stay in the game. I'm just one person. Yep, that's all he needs. Don't underestimate the power of one that will serve. Don't underestimate the power of your voice. Don't underestimate what you can do Are you ready for this? I want somebody to lift up their voice and their hands to God right now where we're at. I want you to pray right now God, help me fight through the doubt. Help me, God, fight through the shame. Help me, God, to fight through the fear. Come on, tell yourself, my gift matters, my calling is real. Ministries are birthed not being reluctant to stay and do nothing. Ministries are birthed when you take the first step to say, let me make a difference in those around me. Imagine those right now. If you feel like your gift doesn't matter, let me tell you something. If you don't serve, who will tell them? Come on, this isn't about you, it's about them. It's about them that'll be lost if I don't serve. It'll be about them that'll be lost if I don't make a change. It'll be about them that'll be destroyed if I don't submit. Maybe it's not 120,000 souls at risk right now, but is it one soul worth getting into this? Can't minded business come on somebody you are his plan there is no substitute there is nobody else God has a gift and a work for you you've hesitated long enough resisted long enough Made excuses long enough. You felt the personal pain of refusing. Your life probably has been thrown overboard. You feel like you're swallowed up. You've put countless at risk because you've been reluctant to get in the game. I'm here to tell you today God is calling the reluctant to get up and go about our Father's business. Come on, get in there. Come on. Fields are ripe to harvest. I feel the call today. Come on, can somebody lift up their hands and say, let it be me, God. Come on, cry out to God today. Let it be me. Nobody would ever think that it would be me. Let it be me, God, that you call. Let it be me, God, that you use. Let it be me, God.